0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So this is another opportunity for discussion. And I have a few things to put out into the room before I open it up for discussion. Any meditation practice has three factors that come together to support that meditation. And they include effort, mindfulness, and concentration. And in this practice, as I talked about earlier today, the effort is really light. It's not a a holding to or a gripping. It's really just that gentle persistence of... Am I aware? What am I aware of? Am I aware? What am I aware of? And over time, as um, that's really bringing the mindfulness and the effort together, those questions bring the the mindfulness and the effort together, together. And over time, the frequency that you need to... Remind yourself the frequency that you need to keep that prompting going. Lessons, because the momentum of mindfulness builds. So there's, you can kind of just hang out in the space of knowing that you're aware and then begin to get familiar with what it feels like for that awareness to be less clear so it's kind of like what I was talking about earlier, kind of where the, the mindfulness begins to lose touch with the experience. So We begin to get familiar with that experience of when the mindfulness is getting a little wobbly, and we can bring the um, prompting back, essentially, just remind ourselves again. So the, the, the efforting here is just a frequency of reminding, and as we get more familiar with this style of just... Opening to the flow of experience, we begin to learn how frequently we need to remind ourselves. And so that's a kind of a an, the part of the art of meditation is learning how and when to bring that effort in. And the effort here is, I mean, effort's a kind of a word that we tend to associate with a lot of vigor. And it's not that. It really is very light. Um, many of you have heard me use this analogy before, but I'll use it again because it seems so apt. I like to think about this kind of effort as being you know, akin to the way you ride, if, if you're If you're riding a scooter, you know those scooters that kids <coughs> ride, that you have to tap the ground to get the momentum of the scooter going, um at the beginning in order to balance you need to tap the ground pretty frequently to get the momentum going it's pretty obvious you know that you need to to make it move and at some point there's enough momentum that you can kind of ride for a while and the art of learning to ride that scooter is learning when you wobble and when you need to put your foot down to tap again it's it's very similar in the in the mindfulness the, the, it's learning when the, it, the, the mindfulness starts to feel a little wobbly, when it starts to feel like, okay, need to connect, need to, to bring the attention again. So that's the effort and the mindfulness together. And those two together in this practice result not in a kind of concentration that is one-pointed or focused, but in a very broad a kind of concentration, a concentration that is a stability of mind rather than a focused, what we think of as a focused mind. It's a mind that is stable and able to stay present for whatever happens. So it is that balance of mind, that stability, the continuity of the mind to stay with the experience that is the concentration in this practice. So it, it feels a little different than that kind of one-pointed focused on the breath, for example. The, the That kind of stable mind feels different. And that's another thing that we need to get a sense of in this practice. What does that stable mind feel like that just takes in the flow of changing experience? So that's one piece that I wanted to put out there. The other one is... Um, is around the, the way this practice can so easily move into our daily lives. This style of practice... I mean, what we're talking about here is just being aware and knowing what we're aware of and checking our attitude. And that practice can so easily carry into our daily lives the level of thing that we are aware of changes depending on whether we're in sitting meditation, whether we're in silence, whether we're in long retreat, or whether we're in the midst of our daily lives and going grocery shopping and driving. It's kind of like the, you know, the, the, the level of grossness of the things that we're paying attention to is different. And yet the continuity of the awareness If you're doing grocery shopping and just aware, yep, okay, yep, you know, I'm aware, walking through the grocery store, just kind of in a very broad way, knowing that you're walking through the grocery store while you're walking through the grocery store, knowing what you're choosing off the shelf. Just very, very broad kind of awareness. The continuity of that mindfulness is the important part that we're not lost in thought about, you know, kind of pushing our grocery cart down the aisle and instead being lost in thought with with an argument of of a friend that we had yesterday. You know, we're present. We are knowing what we're doing while we're doing it. And that continuity of awareness in our daily life with just this very simple practice of, am I aware, what am I aware of? Even though it's not detailed... It's not a detailed kind of awareness. It may not be that you're you know, intensely aware of the vibratory nature of your experience while you're walking through the grocery store. You're just aware of walking through the grocery store. But the, uh, the continuity of the mindfulness at that, even that gross level, translates into a stable mind. And the mind becomes very fluid. Fluid. There's so many different levels of things that the mind can be attentive to, the kind of everyday, ordinary things that we're aware of in our daily lives. And, you know, much more subtle things that come when we sit in meditation for a day, or even an hour, or for a retreat. So there's different, different levels of what we become aware of. And yet the practice is the same. It's just, am I aware? What am I aware of? What's my attitude? And what I found for myself in the the monastery when I went to the monastery, the longest period I spent in the, this monastery where he taught this style was six and a half weeks. And it wasn't a silent retreat. You know, we spent time talking. Um, so, so I was moving between those various levels of consciousness of awareness and having a conversation over lunch and and then going back to my room and maybe doing some laundry and then doing some meditation Um, and what i began to see with this practice not changing is how easily the mind began to be able to move between these levels there wasn't so much of a distinction you know it's it's This is what's happening right now. I'm having a conversation. I'm aware of having a conversation. Coming into the meditation after a a conversation, there's more energy in the body. That's present in the body. And very quickly, if there's no belief or idea around that energy as being an impediment to the meditation, which is often what we think, it settles and the mind quite quickly shifts levels and I found that this practice really allows the mind to be very flexible in moving between uh, different levels of experience so it's a it's a great practice to engage in in daily life and it will directly impact your ability to be stable and calm in your sitting practice and to be able to see reactivity I mean the the A lot of what we do in our meditation is to notice when reactivity arises and try to meet that reactivity so that we can not act out of that reactivity. We do that in the sitting, we can do that in our daily lives. So this practice really, it 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 can go very deep. Even though it's a very light touch, that light touch sustained through time is what gives that mindfulness its ability to penetrate very deeply into kind of the, under, the undercurrents of how our suffering comes to be how our reactivity comes to be so those are just some thoughts I thought I'd throw out there and uh, I'd like to open it up for discussion Sophia.
1: Well, I'm glad I stayed because what you just said was the most valuable thing I've heard all day and all week. So it was very, very helpful, very helpful. I'm really grateful for what you just said. And I just want to check to make sure that I understood it. Like, you know, when we're walking and we we go to those levels... We start with he- hearing, I mean, seeing, then hearing, then then the uh, felt sense, and then the feet.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a, yeah. A I know, I, and I'm
1: thinking it. like, okay, are you saying that when, no, that's not what we're doing when we're, when we're doing the seated meditation. I mean, what I was doing was just like focusing on my breath, but then when there was hearing, then I just went to hearing. Yes. And that was correct. And then if it was thinking, then it's like, okay, I know I'm thinking. And if I get tired of it and, it's, and it's, it's gripping me, then I can drop it and go into some hearing or some feeling, felt sense of the feet or whatever. Is mm-hmm. that
0: correct? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just okay. in this practice, it's very much... Um, but you don't the, force noticing, yourself to You don't stand. force yourself. Okay, that's the difference then. That's right. Then. It's that's right. Not, it's, that's a different exercise. That, the walking that I gave on Sunday right, is different. a different exercise. It's a different exercise. Yes, yes.
1: But what is similar is that when sometimes when you're walking, you do take in the different um, stimuli through the different sense doors. That's right. So that is a similarity.
0: Yes. It's, it's just similar.
1: that we're not doing a methodical That's thing. That's correct. Okay, I'm just trying to work this out of my mind, trying to see the difference of these different exercises or practices. Right. And I guess, you know... They all have validity, and they develop different things. Or different—that's correct. You know, they—they they all have value. Right. And it's wonderful to practice different things.
0: And and but, so that, <clears throat> what Sophia is referring to is an exercise I gave on Sunday. For those of you who weren't here on Sunday, for walking meditation. Um, sometimes as an approach to learning about being in that open space in walking meditation. Because sometimes it's hard for people to just move and just say, okay, I'm just going to be aware while walking and pay attention to the flow of experience through the various sense doors. So sometimes as an intermediate approach, I offer this kind of structured way to move through senses while walking. So... 10 or 15 paces of noticing that you're seeing, 10 or 15 paces of noticing that you're hearing, 10 or 15 paces of noticing the body moving through space, 10 or 15 paces of feet touching the ground, and then cycling back through. Um, so that's a way for, um, for people to get familiar with what it's like to pay attention to a broader range of experience while walking. Um, but today, today I was much more doing just the very um, unstructured style where we're not pointing the attention. So I didn't give those instructions uh, for the walking today.
1: So normally you're supposed to rest on the breath until something else, you're aware of something else. You don't have to force the breath, but you don't have to discard the breath. If you're aware of the breath, if, you're aware of the breath. If you're aware
0: of the breath, you're aware of the breath. And
1: this is something that it's okay to practice for, you know, instead of, because, I, I the, you know, it's hard to focus just on the breath. And so I guess...
0: So, is that so a different you, practice
1: you, that develops different things? I mean, am I going to get, you know...
0: If you stayed with the breath and just stayed with the breath, it, fo- it develops a certain kind of concentration.
1: Right. The um, anapanasati? It, 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 it,
0: it creates a very um, focused attention that is kind of one-pointed as opposed to being more broad and taking in a flow of experience it 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 narrows down the attention there's different ways to concentrate i mean there's different ways to be pay attention to the breathing it can be that you're paying attention to the way that breathing changes and be you know very dynamic or it can be that you kind of just Focus in on the, the, the fact of breathing itself and it becomes very stable and very still and then you can just get very absorbed into that. They're all valuable qualities to cultivate. The way I like to suggest people move is what is skillful for your mind at a particular time. The, both... both um, practices? Both practices are helpful. The ability to focus and connect with one experience Mm -hmm. and not be distracted by other experiences, it's a very valuable tool in our toolkit. It's also not so helpful if that's all that you can do Mm -hmm. and not be able to meet the changing flow of experience. And so it's helpful to, to practice both.
1: So you can just go by your own. You can you can go by your own state, and if you're feeling so scattered that you can't focus, then you can go into this technique, and this could settle you. And it could you could still have value in the sitting, rather than you know develop all kinds of negative mind states and beliefs about your ability to do it and give up. (laughs) I mean, you know that happens.
0: (laughs) Exactly. It
1: can happen very easily, depending on your particular state of your. Body mind at that time.
0: Yeah, and so it it, it takes some skill in learning your own mind and what a good technique is and some support sometimes of um, somebody listening to how you're relating to the practices can also help.
1: Um, Yeah, and the, the last thing I'm going to say is that, you know, maybe just, you know, it's just like, you know, when I'm doing my physical workout, I get in trouble if I only focus on one aspect. If I only do cardio and I don't do weights or flexibility, there's going to be an imbalance in the system. And you're not going to be able to function in daily life very well if you're not strong, but you have endurance. You know, same thing. So I'm I'm starting to think, well, all these meditative practices have value. Exactly. And so what I could do, you know, to make a disciplined practice is say, okay, set aside a certain time that I'm going to practice, just like for a regular physical exercise, you know, sometimes people want to. You could limit yourself like that. You could say, "Well, I have a half hour to exercise. I'm going to do 10 minutes of stretching, 10 minutes of cardio, 10 minutes of weight, and then you'll you'll have a you know your 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 physical being will be able to function better." So similarly, you could devote you know 10 minutes to what what is this called this style is. Named after your teacher. You could
0: call, well, I could just, you could just call open it open style. awareness, open awareness. Yeah, you can
1: practice open awareness. Choiceless awareness. Yeah, you can practice choiceless awareness. I would and
0: recommend then... in this case not to switch so quickly. You might take a period of um, time to have a, a particular technique be your focus for a while. Mm. And um, if you find instability in that space, like you're, you're trying to practice open awareness and you just find you can't you just keep getting lost, you know that it 's not working for you because you, your mind just keeps getting lost in thought. then maybe it's helpful in that sitting to take some time to stabilize the attention on the breath, but to kind of have a, a, a rough sense of um, what you're doing for a particular stretch of time it's it's not so helpful i think to switch quickly between. so you techniques.
1: you want to you want to see over time yes. how that practice is affecting you at all levels before you switch yes so yes. you really it's not really comparable to physical culture necessarily no, I don't, not necessarily yeah. okay so that's not going to work yeah. so
0: thank you thank you Um,
2: the kind of aversion that comes up for me when, um, when I have a thought, um, there's an aversion to giving it up. <laughs> um, and, under, and that aversion uh, sometimes manifests as boredom or fear of boredom. But in fact, what is under the fear of boredom is fear of annihil- self-annihilation. self-annihilation. Mm. I'm aware of that. That there's one aspect of me that would love to get rid of myself with all its terrible habits that I'd like not to have. Uh, and then there is the other part that is scared to death uh, to let that go for fear. I'll disappear. Yes. That, okay. Uh-huh. So you know what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, so I find it very hard not to be seduced by those thoughts.
0: By by the thoughts. By the thoughts. By the thoughts. Yeah, not
2: to get into them and follow them.
0: Which thoughts? Um, the thoughts that thoughts? I'm going to be annihilated, or no, just, no, no. The just,
2: thoughts that are might be entertaining, I or okay, I'm right.
0: planning,
2: okay. or I'm reminiscing, or I'm running a story.
0: So a couple <laughs> of a couple of thoughts I have around this. I mean, first of all, it sounds like what's happening is that your mind is creating pleasantness for you.
2: Yes. Well, yeah. What passes for pleasantness? Yes. <laughs>
0: So, um, the first thing I'd recommend in reconnecting with your experience—you so you know, you're off, lost in thought—and you're wake up in that moment. In that moment, the first thing you—the first thing that you currently seem to be thinking of—is I have to let go of those thoughts and come back to the to something else. Yeah. And instead of that kind of approach, see if you can rather think of. I'm waking up into something. And right now, that is pleasantness. The The experience that your mind has been constructing is probably you'll wake up into a sense of pleasantness. And the resistance partly, I think, is letting go of that pleasantness for something you anticipate will be less pleasant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, So in that first moment of waking up, allow yourself to connect with the pleasant feeling, first of all. Let yourself connect with that pleasant feeling. You actually, you know, your mind was constructing a pleasant feeling, but you weren't terribly mindful of it. (laughs) So in that moment of coming back to mindfulness, let yourself take in the pleasantness that's there. Okay, that's the first the first piece that will give you um, I mean, it sounds like you may have this idea a little bit of a belief that mindfulness equals drudgery unpleasant kind of yeah boring boredom <laughs> so here's an opportunity for you to reeducate your mind about the fact that mindfulness can mean experiencing pleasant experience because in that waking up in that moment of waking up you're waking up into this thought that a uh, fantasy or whatever some uh, interesting scenario there's pleasant experience that you've been missing let yourself take that in let yourself feel that pleasantness and then see what happens from there I mean, you may, you may find you, you feel a little pulled back, but if you allow yourself to connect to that pleasantness, it may be, you know, there may be a little bit of emotion underneath, of happiness. You know, I, I find when I find myself lost in thought, you know, sometimes I find myself lost in thought about friends, and there's kind of a pull to thinking about those friends, and yet what I feel when I come back is a happiness. You know, there's a happiness there, and just let myself take that happiness in. So allow yourself to connect with whatever has come up as a result of the thinking, as opposed to thinking. Need to stop that, drop that whole thing. Come back to the breath. You know, there's an inter- there's an intermediate place in there of noticing what has happened. Then there is the whole piece around um, that you talk about about um, you know the pull to that because it it feels like somehow you or Yeah,
2: if I I don't have my thoughts, I don't exist kind of thing.
0: Right, and so in that place, the thing to to pay attention to or to to kind of let yourself connect with is um, the discomfort that you feel around not having something to ground yourself on. There's a kind of a discomfort there. And what happens if you allow that discomfort, even for just a few minutes just a few seconds even. What happens to you? You don't disappear. <laughs> Discomfort is there. You don't disappear. There, you, There's just sensation, there's feeling. And so it's kind of just beginning to slowly touch into the reality. I mean, what you've got is a belief going that if I let go of my thoughts, I'll stop existing. And... Um, so it's kind of beginning to slowly re-educate your mind that, no, you know, if there's no thoughts, actually, there's still stuff happening. There's, you know, there's, there's emotions, there's feelings, there's body sensation, there's a ton of stuff going on, actually. There's no, this stuff doesn't disappear. So... Um, so just kind of beginning to slowly work your way into that. And then if you do in noticing like the, the breathing, if what you notice is that there's boredom or aversion to that, you don't have to pay attention to the breathing. Notice the boredom. I <laughs> can't imagine anything more boring
2: than paying attention to boredom. <laughs> actually, <but okay. laughs>
0: actually, you know, I found actually, you know, what is boredom? What is boredom? It's a It's a feeling that something else should be happening. And what is that? You know, what is that about? And I've actually found when I turn the attention to, well, what is boredom? Kind of in that sense of investigating, like the stars, you know, it's like, think of the boredom as a, as a, as an interesting configuration of stars that you've never seen before. What is this? I've actually found boredom could get really interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay I'll
2: take it I'll take it. Take under it on yeah.
0: <laughs> so so just a, those are just a few thoughts. Thank you. So since we only have three minutes left I'll go ahead and end with a dedication of merit and a closing um, with expressing the wish the hope that the beneficial results of our practice together today be offered outwards to those beings those people that we meet and from them to people that they meet And in some ineffable way, may the beneficial results of this practice be supportive of the welfare and liberation of all beings everywhere. May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be safe. May all beings live with ease. May all beings be free from suffering. So thank you for your practice today.